Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, folks, we're going to switch right over now to Mr. David Bernhardt, who's former Secretary of the Interior. He's now senior counsel at Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek Law Firm. Uh, Dave Bernhardt, Happy New Year. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. Good morning, Larry. Thanks for inviting me to join you today. And I'm I'm glad. So you you've, you're now going to earn a living. Is that is that what this <laughs> is? <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about energy policy. Um, there's 550 billion dollars of subsidies uh, to renewable energy. There are all kinds of penalties uh, and regulatory sanctions against fossil fuels. Uh, gasoline prices are high. Uh, they slipped down a little bit, but they're still high, and they're going to go even higher. I notice in the open market, by the way, um, crude oil is now jumping back up towards $80 a barrel. So the buy, part of this Build Back Better, uh, Kill the Bill idea is to somehow restore fossil fuels. We can't operate an economy without fossil fuels. What uh, what do you think about this? I mean, it's so unrealistic to me. Well, I think number one, this is um, this was a central premise of the Biden administration, and what you're seeing on the regulatory side is the diligent carrying out of the day one efforts that um, President Biden chose to put in place, and those um, those diligent efforts range from. Earlier this week, um, coming up with some updated uh, fuel economy standards uh, for 20 years, uh, model years 23 to 26, uh, but also included the effort to um, end um, the development of uh, leasing in Anwar. It involved the um, end of leasing on public lands. And all of these things are each individually designed to make it more and more costly uh, for energy uh, in America to drive towards this new, uh, resol- you know, new energy world that they'd like to have. The problem is that world doesn't actually exist, and um, it's pretty unclear to me that the American people will ever want it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's an important point right there. Look at they want us. Biden wants to transition uh, to renewables. Uh, but they want to do it fast, five years, 10 years. Uh, you're right about the miles per gallon. I mean, here's has anybody we're not in any position to make that kind of rapid transition. And I were I mean, this will destroy the look at you tell me 70, 75 percent of the power in this country comes from fossil fuels. Now, if, if you took that out, how are we going to power the economy? I mean, how's it, how are you going to grow the economy? I don't understand well, that. The, the, the alternative, I'm not against renewables. I'm for all of the above. I think you are too. But the point is, they're jumping uh, so fast, it'll ruin us. I mean, just as a common sense matter. You can't just end 
oil and natural gas. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, even the even the car manufacturers, which, by the way, sort of like the idea of massive subsidies and mm. um, and you know new corporate opportunities. Even they said to this administration, "Look, to do what you're asking us to do, even with the money." and incentives you're going to provide, there's two things we'd really need, a massive amount of infrastructure. And here's the kicker, people who would want to buy these products. And here's why. If you look at the, if you look at the world today, what you would see is in America, people love their SUVs. Mm. SUVs and pickups make up about 70% of the new car market, okay? Mm. And so what, what they're going to try and do is force people uh, to buy these uh cars that so far if if there really was a true demand for them people would be asking for them you know my brother uh, drives a uh, electric vehicle he loves it you know he has a very short commute a little different than you know if you live like uh, us out in the west it's pretty cold and you have to go a long way it's questionable whether these cars will do what a normal f-150 will do and so as a result of that what we really need larry is to say look Build the best product, America will buy it. And, um, and, and if they buy it, great. Uh, but let, let the market um, and let the American consumer determine what they need rather than say, as a matter of social policy, we want you to create a regulatory paradigm of a fleet of vehicles that looks like X. And let me tell you what's even more striking. Buried within these regulations, what you find is things like this. EPA on this most recent light truck, uh, light vehicle rule, EPA said themselves in the final regulation, look, we, um, we did not conduct modeling, uh, to specifically quantify the changes to climate, uh, impacts from this rule in terms of temperature avoidance or sea level or, or um, uh, natural uh, variation. And the reason they didn't do that is because that's hard work and complicated. But if you're going to socially fit um, our, our regulatory paradigm into a new um, world that does not yet exist, you would think you'd be able to connect the dots between the impact you want to have and the consequence you ha- will have. And they cannot do that today, and they do not want to do it. They just want to sell an ideology about a future that does not currently exist and will be massively discombobulating hmm. to um, impose over a short period of time. Yeah, you know, some some folks have quantified. I mean, you got guys like Bjorn Lomborg and Steve Koonin uh, who talk about this. Um, a, David Bernhardt, A, there is no climate emergency. We're, you know, there's no existential threat in the next five years. That's just nonsense. You know, you're, that's right. Th- these climate things, I mean, I'm not the expert, but Steve Coonan particularly has taught me, you know, the physicist, he was Obama's, uh, uh, top energy scientist, actually. But, uh, these are 50 and 100 year trends. They're not five year exactly. trends. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, when I was at um, Interior, I asked um, I asked our our world you know scientists in the U.S. Geological Survey. I basically said, "Look, here's what I want you to do: take a power plant and tell me what the actual 
where the impact will occur. Where will it occur? And they came to me and said, look, David, um, uh, the state of the science will simply not allow you to draw. You know, you can say, here's what, you know, here's what will go up, but you can't get to the quantification where, where will that impact occur and how will it occur? Because this is the world's most complicated system. Hmm. These are long lasting um, uh, emissions. Once they're in the atmosphere, they easily mix. And so all of that together just does not allow you to connect the dots. And so what we're doing right now is we're engaging in a social policy change based on a theory of an accidental uh, threat that you just said does not exist. And, um, and we're doing it in a way that has enormous consequences. The vast majority of our economic growth in the um, 2000s was driven by energy, mm. um, cheap, mm. affordable energy, and technological revolution that allowed us to access resource that did not exist um, in, our, our, in our thinking up to that point in time. And those are the things that we need to foster. And that's what you, when you led the NEC, fostered a common sense regulatory regime, um, create um, an environment where people can can thrive, and we are moving backwards in a way that will be completely discombobulated. Yeah, I mean, I always felt, David Bernard, I always felt that innovation coming principally from the private sector, innovation will solve these climate issues. I'm not denying, I'm just saying they're not immediate. But over a period of time, I mean, look, look at the, you know, the fracking revolution with natural gas, which is a clean burning fuel. I mean, now that's been you know, commonplace at maybe the backbone of our whole energy sector. Uh, we'll figure out ways. I'm not smart enough to know precisely, but I'm saying we, the private sector through innovation and presumably economic growth to support the innovation will solve these problems over time, and we will continue to reduce emissions. I mean, our emissions levels are among the lowest in the world, et cetera, et cetera. You know all about that. And I'm just saying, not the government, not these stringent standards, not these penalties, and and, and not this idea that we can immediately end fossil fuels. For, yeah, for what? Right. I mean, don't, right. In, in Americans' common sense, Yes. If you give them a, the best product, you know what they're going to do? They're going to buy the best product. They're going to line up for that best product. And that's what you need to do is just let them um, find ways um, to innovate, you know, the inventors to innovate, and allow the market to go uh, where people want it to go. Because at the end of the day, everybody in America wants a healthy environment. Everybody wants a bright future. And everybody's going to find ways uh, to make the investments that they think are necessary to provide their family that bright future. Yeah, you know, um, these car makers, these legacy car makers, okay, GM, Ford, and Chrysler, or whatever Chrysler is called now, uh, they're being hoisted on their own petard. These guys are the biggest pains in the neck. When we came in, remember, they wanted lower... Uh, Miles per gallon. They said, "Can't we can't go away on the Obama and stuff?" So, so President Trump cuts back on it, and then they they walk away from it. Uh, 
they walk away from it because they're all worried about California and California has the worst standards. Uh, okay, fine. So now their position, as I understand it, Dave Bernhardt, is uh, sure they may not like 55 miles per gallon in five years, but they're willing to go that direction as long as Uncle Sam pays for it. Now, I just think that's dead wrong, and I'm glad, once again, I will report that Elon Musk, the biggest uh, electric car maker, he now has walked away, he said, we don't want subsidies, and he says, in fact, we don't want the whole Build Back Better bill. Okay, so you've got these legacy guys who want money, money, money from Uncle Sam and the taxpayers. That is wrong, and that's not a business model that's going to work. I'm sorry. Well, look, um, they're looking at the future, and they're saying, um, might as well take this money, right? Yeah. And, um, and that's, uh, that's okay, because they are facing a competition um, out there. But the reality is that competition is going to deliver us the best vehicle of the future, whatever it is. And uh, it, it will happen without these massive subsidies, massive infrastructure investment in something that we don't even know if the market exists for it to actually mm. work. Yeah, your point about consumer uh, consumer interests and consumer demands is a very important point. Nobody's really asked the consumer whether they want this or not. That's that's, that's not right. an unimportant point. Well, and put this in perspective: um, about 17 million vehicles sold in 2019, and about 400 and a little over 460 thousand of them, I think, were actually plug-in or plug-in hybrid vehicles, and so. You're talking about trying to take that number and make it, say, 19% of 17 million. It is a gigantic change over a few years. Car sales will get clobbered if this stuff goes through. <laughs> clobbered. They well, really actually, will. use sales will be great because everybody will want a used vehicle. Mm. That's okay, I suppose, although it may not be the safest thing in the world. So, David Bernhardt, you need to go back to the Interior Department because the management of that department now is totally unequivocally against fossil fuels. We have to stop that. All right. right. Dave Bernhardt, Happy New Year. Thanks a million. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.